Cool.fm is the perfect station for music lovers who enjoy a mix of adult pop, modern country, and classic hits. Our unique blend of different genres creates an awesome listening experience that you won't find anywhere else. With Cool.fm, you don't have to constantly change stations to hear the music you love. Just download the Live 365 app and start listening to our curated selection of modern adult and country hits, as well as the classics you know and love. Tune in to Cool.fm and start enjoying the best of all your favorite music in one place. Hi, I'm Chris Solis, creator, writer of A Flag to Fly. You can find me at A Flag to Fly on Instagram, see Solis Comics on Instagram, or Solis Stories on Twitter. You're watching and listening to Two Geese Talking. Good morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. To Geek Talking is an entertainment industry interview show where we interview the creative people from the comic, film, TV, movie, and video game industries. And of course, I'm your host, Kurt Sasso. We're joined today by a very talented comic critic. He's, of course, a writer and a first-time writer at that with a beautiful and amazing young adult uh, comic series. We're joined by the ever-talented Chris Solis. How are you doing today? How's it going? It's great to be here. It's all right. It is Solis. It's Solis. a fun uh, Spanish pronunciation, but yep. For those that don't know anything about yourself as a creative person, tell us who you are and what you're bringing to Two Geeks Talking. I am a musician who has now transferred over to writing comic books. A little bit later in life, starting my little career over here, but loving every step, collaborations I get, making comic books. That was the one thing I found interesting when you signed up for this interview. It's like former punk rocker of a Sailor Moon, almost like a cover band. You gotta, gotta it was a that one. Sailor Moon theme band. Definitely was one of my highlights of just the funnest I've ever had. We just got obliterated drunk sometimes and just wrote songs about Sailor Moon because me and the lead singer Rosa, Rosa Castillo, is just out of her mind in love with anime and we had tons of fun doing it. We found other bandmates that were willing to cross-dress and do the fun stuff and get all up there and try to put on a show. A couple songs out there on YouTube. <laughs> I gotta ask then, uh, who was your favorite Sailor Scout? Uh, Mars, of course, yeah, yeah, that course, fiery passion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about, your, of course, your amazing comic. What is the, the comic we're talking about here today? We are talking about my Kickstarter going live already, uh, A Flag to Fly. That's a YA fantasy comedy uh, with beautiful art by Lane Lloyd, glad award-winning Lane Lloyd, amazing lettering by Dave Lentz, who does Good Boy and a couple of other great scout comics. And we have editing by Aubrey Lynn Jepsen, who I know has been around this show a couple times and she's brings out the best in the comic and it's been great i have variant covers both by rachel disler and terry siska logos designed by rob jones and a, a masterful full map done by dewey hargraves which i can't wait to start showing off more but we're trying to hide it back right now that's good it's, it's great to attach yourself to an amazing comic series with your first time doing this type of comic and you have an amazing team around you which is wonderful to see as well too and all very talented in their respective fields very sure. talented yes um, <laughs> it's great why is this story important for you not only to get kickstarted and funded but why was it an important story for you to tell it has a lot to do with leadership and when to decide that you should take on the role of leadership who to believe in when you're not sure what's really going on a lot of that is happening right now in our world anyway so it seems to tie a lot <laughs> into uh, current events of just that general field leadership. But it's hard to become a leader, though, as well, too. It's you don't know if you're capable of it. All the time. So many people are tested in fire. So many times people shy away from it. So many stories start off with people rejecting the 
the call. And to this, it's it's very much a mystery in the beginning of who will be answering that call. So then talk about some of the characters that are, are part of this particular story. And what was the first idea that kind of popped into your head to create this story? Yeah, that would be the Leon, little squire boy who wanted to be a knight. He's a child of a lord and a navy kind of area of this island fictitious island and he dreams of being this you know war tested knight and his father just has zero faith in that but he still loves him and treats him as such in that it grew more of i wanted to see what would be tested of a leader of that kid and it grew the story of uh, a king who's basically going insane in his later life after years of war and battle abroad comes home and basically starts war against his own people and in that we find uh bach really named after sebastian bach <laughs> is a knight commander who's just starting to question everything and can we really just follow these orders from this king and more and more it's just pushed to this realization that they need a revolution they need to take out the king but who wants to lead that so that sends Bach down to Titlestead the naval part of the island and looking for Leon's father Leong and instead gets both of them kind of mixed into everything goes out from there and it's kind of silly kind of zany a lot of fun fantastic I throw in magic quickly in the beginning but there's a lot more to be explored into that with later issues just want to make sure that everybody knows it's coming <laughs> but it is very a character driven story so it's definitely stuff to like pay attention to who the characters are they end up choosing to do what is the most misunderstood aspect about the ya fantasy genre that maybe people who are not following it misunderstand it shoots over heads it's not afraid to really kind of tackle some issues i always kind of go back to one of the easiest examples of the hobbit tolkien's start to his was a children's story technically they marketed it as a children's story that held to me forever i love that it was so easy to read as a youth but yet shot way over my head and i love books that do that it's great they have a, at least a tested framework to base your work <laughs> off of that's always wonderful to see definitely you know i am kind of mashing together game of thrones and sword in the stone it's the ones that i point out it's a lot more it's a lot better than just a chosen one up to save the world but it, it gets really great i'm really excited to show more people more and more of it this first issue does really great of introducing all the world and getting everybody laughing <laughs> kickstarter campaign can be a second job it's something that you really have to focus on and promote and put all of your effort into and then some talk about the campaign so far how how is it going and of course some of the tiers that we're looking forward to seeing and maybe some possible stretch goals I mean, yeah i mean i probably prepped two months in a head i thought when i first started prepping within a week pushed it off and got better things got better reward tiers went back to lane got him to design stickers i got the variant covers produced and trying to do all this out of pocket took a little bit but definitely well worth it to know that i had a, a book that's done ready to take to printers as soon as people back it it's been a test for sure and now on the marketing side is a whole other stretch i'm getting through it and it's been good the tiers that we got range everywhere from just a dollar gets your name in the book and the thank yous you're willing to back it and believe in it that much i'm willing to say thank you and it goes up from there we have uh, digital books which starts pretty low i think it's ten dollars we go up from that where you can get the physical book each variant cover has its own tier and then we you can also get them as add-ons so if you just want one variant cover and then lane's a cover you can get that we get the variant covers done by rachel disler and terry siska amazing covers beautiful past that there's the lane stickers then we also have five by seven prints of the covers themselves those are all additions into the grander tiers but then we get into the real fancy ones where you get signed copies of each individual physical book then you can get those with each tier of what you want 
uh, sticker and or prints. Then past that, I have been completely engulfed with this community of comic makers since really finding everybody through Scott Snyder's class. And it's been so accepting that I, I die to give that back to somebody, somebody who wants to make their story. So just as a step in that direction, I have a tier that gets you an editor for your story. I believe that editors are horribly just <laughs> undervalued and underused. So in that, like, I believe one, Aubrey is my editor. So tested and proven. She's done Tales from the Cloakroom as an editor and she's a letterer. She knows how stories flow. She's really great at this stuff. She also has connections in case you need anything. She's the letterer. She can find you artists. She can find you anything you really have questions about. And it's great. And then that, the tier gets you two sessions with her. So you give her your script. She gets you notes. You come back. She gets you more notes and you get to really refine your story and beautiful. And right along with that, we have a commission tier where Rachel Disler has decided to donate some time and draw some commissions for people that want to sign up and get that higher tier. And I'm grateful for that horribly because she is an amazing artist and you should definitely get on that. <laughs> definitely. I, I had so much fun chatting with her. Just an amazing talent. And I'm glad that she's yeah. attached to this project. And I'm glad that Aubrey too. as well too. <laughs> like just amazing people. You know, what did this Scott Snyder program teach you from maybe from the ground up as a, uh, as a creative person? Probably 2017, I started diving in Scott McCloud's books and Denny O'Neill's D's book and all these things that I try to like do all these things myself. And the one thing that Scott brought me the most that I will treasure forever is the community. Scott's idea of bringing everybody together was a, a huge step forward for me and just everybody who wanted to make comic books now together. So you have the idea of bouncing ideas off each other or the frustrations of trying to find an artist together. It's really great. Fill in the trenches. <laughs> Especially if you've never dived into comics before, if you've, if you've always been a passion to, to try to do something like this, it's definitely, you have no real guides per se. Yeah, the books are great, but if you have someone that's been in the trenches, been into that level of expertise, you're at least being mentored in towards a better path. Definitely. A lot of the steps towards marketing and things now that Scott's talking about it in his 102 class, those are huge helps to me. Just knowing exactly, uh, knowing how he approached it and everything like that was great help. So that class, I definitely plug and say, go sign up for that Substack because it's still going and you can get all the archive footage of his entire class from last year. How's the campaign been from when you first started, you know, a couple of weeks back to now currently? Is it is it going well? Are you like in deadland mode where you're just hoping? It is the middle of the campaign. So there's a lot. There's been a steady three days where it's kind of not really gone up much. But in that, that's where I've dedicated a lot to these uh, podcasts and hoping to reach out to the better bigger audiences, but definitely just the original input of all the, the amazing artists that I have working on this book stretched so far. People love Lane's art. So that was a huge draw the first week and everybody saw that on Kickstarter. And then two days, three days later, we got the uh, Project We Love badge. And that was a huge bump. So that's been great. And more and more, I'm just trying to get out here and talk to people about it. And it's slowly steady going up there. I'm hoping to hit some of those stretch goals because they're really great. Can you hint at, at the first uh, one maybe? The first one is a nice print secret. Uh, I, I guess not really, because I also said that I was holding back Dewey's map for something special. And that's pretty much where we're going to do the digital big version of that map is going to be quite glorious and really well done. <laughs> is there a comic that made you feel the way you hope readers of your work will feel after reading it? Hmm. Uh, I'm coming from Neil Gaiman's stance. Like I always dream of writing something that I could do 
something like Sandman does where it builds a mythology. This book, on the other hand, is definitely just kind of uh, the first comics you ever read, like a Heathcliff or a, <laughs> I, I remember reading an Animaniacs or a Simpsons comic book and those kind of give me that feel. And I would love to have that, that kind of feeling walking over like you actually enjoyed reading something and it made you laugh, hopefully out loud. <laughs> I, I love that beginning of comic books, like just the comic strips that made you laugh at the little punchlines, things like that really draw you more towards finding the deeper towards the Sandman. I really hope this starts off with more people, even if it's just showing you their kids that grows up to learn to love comic books from it. It'd be perfect. Everyone always asks, what's the wisest piece of advice or what's the most BS piece of advice you've ever received? But what is the second wisest piece of advice that you've received that has stuck with you in your career? I would probably go with just get it done. Dave Lentz, the letterer, was kind of the first one to push me to, if you have the idea, push it, make it great, but also see it all the way through. And I think that's huge. A lot of people sit on ideas and they're not really sure if they should go any farther, but the more you show it to people, the better it gets. And once you have something that you're truly proud of, you can really lay into how much you love it and why. I would say definitely finish things and don't be afraid to show it off. What was an early experience where you learned that language had power? This one really got me the first time. Uh, it was my dad comes from a farm pretty much out Mexico and him speaking Spanish to the rest of my family, his family always kind of felt like it was a, a little secret that he was trying to keep from me. And it kind of stifled me from learning Spanish, which I'm still flumbling my way through that power of knowing that other languages have stronger meanings that he wanted to convey that way. What is social stigma in comics that society needs to get over? Mm -hmm. I mean, the inclusion is still such a big thing. I don't understand why everyone has the upset feelings towards just seeing representation in a comic. I kind of get the legacy arguments of getting their own characters to be in, but at the same aspect, it never sat right with me that people shouldn't be involved in stories. And that to me is still one of my biggest pet peeves where they think that it's just one kind of person that's going to read a comic book. They need details to that person. Everyone has one person that inspired them on their path to where they are today. Who was that for you? Yeah, Neil Gaiman would probably be my answer for, uh, I went to go see him talk on his North Mythology book tour. And one of the first things he said was, writers write. And that clicked in me so hard. I had been writing poetry. I had been writing songs. I had writing journals, all of these things, but never really doing stories and as it they all just started coming out flowing out of me and i have so many things to them try to get to people but just gotta make them one book at a time from a professional standpoint you are on your way to getting your kickstarter funded and your comic into the hands of the masses here and you have also been successful in your band that you're in as well too and i'm sure you have many more things that you're successful for that we just don't have time to talk about today which means you have to come back on and talk about it in the future. Oh, so professionally, you are successful in, in many regards. Do you consider yourself personally successful? Um, as somebody who's engaged and getting married this Halloween, definitely. My friends, my family light up a lot of things in my life. And that personally is my biggest accomplishment ever. To have people that love me and people that I love to love. The reverse of success is failure. How do you deal with your failure? mostly finding the next thing to uh, focus on and just try to keep myself busy, different art projects, different findings. A lot of times it's uh, smoking a fat blunt, but 
always taking the next step. The younger generation is looking at your work and they're becoming inspired to be creative in their own way, whether it's as a comic writer or a creative person in some way, shape or form. Maybe they're the next punk rock band that uh, has a cosplay alternative to their style, which would be to start that. Yes. awesome to see, like really. So in some way, shape or form, you are inspiring the next generation. How can they inspire the generation that follows them? I explore more. Nothing really shook up my world more than getting to take a spring break trip over to the UK and seeing how much of my bubble was actually very small. And more and more, I see Europeans get to take the trains and travel all across that great continent. But Americans especially don't get that that abound feel to travel all of the different countries on the side. And I say it's very important. Very important, no matter where you're at. If your life was a comic book, what would its title be? And what would its soundtrack be? Hmm. Definitely along the lines of uh, The Gore, which was a, a backyard wrestling move that I used to do. It's a spear, but a little bit more em emphasized. And uh, definitely along the lines of punk rock and 80s alternative, just all the way riding that weird line of in your face, but also really kind of kooky. <laughs> as many synths as possible. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Oh, well, Chris, I do hate to say it, but that ends this particular episode of Two Geeks Talking. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me on here. It's great to talk to your audience and you, Kurt. I appreciate it. But before I let you go, where can we find you? How can we support you? Of course, where is the Kickstarter campaign? When does it end? And anything else you'd like to promote? Yeah, of course. Go in there and search for A Flag to Fly. You'll see it at 43% funded. We have until... May 1st to get it all the way there. And if we go past that, we have some stretch goals. Uh, you can find the majority of information for A Flag to Fly on Instagram, all one word, A Flag to Fly. Then there's uh, C. Solis Comics on Instagram and Solis Stories on Twitter. Well, like I said, that is a particular episode of Two Geeks Talking. You can, of course, find this interview and a thousand plus others on our website, tgtmedia.com or twogeekstalking.com. That's the word, two, not the number two. Website's going through a revamp. So go to our YouTube channel, which is, of course, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash TGT Media. The podcast is back on twogeekstalking.podbean.com or search for Two Geeks Talking and any of your audio streaming services that you enjoy. And of course, as I say every week, everyone has a story to tell. It's up to me to help bring that out. Thanks for listening and watching on Two Geeks Talking.